Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought him brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, and you have prepared in the presence of all the people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, They returned into Galilee, to their own town Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a great passage. Great passage. So Christ is born, as we read yesterday in the famous Christmas passage, Luke 2, and we're still in Luke 2. And, you know, this is where uh, a lot of us, our our familiarity with the Christmas story and like the advent of Christ, it sort of starts to like blur out. Yeah, yeah. But this is very important. Um, You know, I think one of the first things that is important to note here, Jesus being presented at the temple, you know, we, we talk all the time about how Christ, you know, he came and lived the life we couldn't live and died the death, the death that we deserve to die. And that's sort of like the the high level gospel understanding that a lot of us who are, grew up in the church are taught from a young age. But what's you know really significant about that is that in order for Christ to live the life that we couldn't live, he had to fulfill God's law perfectly. And right. so this dedication right. ceremony that we see, it's not just some like random story that's in the Bible, but it's actually very significant because thus begins the life of Christ you know, perfectly fulfilling God's law. So we should pay close attention to everything that happens here. And then, you know, a couple of things happen that were not standard, um, you know, when people would take their little baby John to be dedicated to the temple. Yeah. These are, you know, we, we see some prophecy and some um, let your servant depart in peace type talk. So Thomas, what do you, uh, what do you make of this passage? Well, the, I, I love studying the Christmas story outside of the Christmas season. Yeah. I think it's super helpful for Absolutely. us to, to look at the story outside of Christmas, to hear the words because, you know, it's that old cliche familiarity breeds contempt. It's easy to hear part of the Christmas story and just 
kind of let your mind drift off. Mm-hmm. But to think about this, eight days after the birth of Jesus, here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. They're they're five miles away from Nazareth, where Jesus was born. I'm sorry, Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're only five short miles away. It's eight days later. They're bringing this baby into the temple, and from there, I, I mean, as a as a preacher, I I see like you know multiple different sermons here. So <laughs> my thought, even as we were reading this, is what what is a great take home for today mm. in in a very succinct time um and i think their eyes were on jesus it's what jumps off the page Mm. um simeon and anna were both looking deep into jesus's eyes as a little baby they were worshiping him they were prophesying about him and i think a lot of christians we were saved by jesus but it's like after that we just kind of go towards like, well, what are the words of Paul? And that is not to diminish the Lord speaking to us in the, in the Pauline letters. Um, but what's Paul doing? He's unpacking who Jesus is. Exactly. Totally. And I just think this is a beautiful reminder in the springtime of the year to be able to say, man, do I, do I long to look at Jesus? Is that, is that where my hope is? Is that where my trust is? Do I, how's my relationship with him? Mm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Simeon was like, Lord, please don't let me die till I see him. Yeah. This is like not even the cross. Mm-hmm. This is like, just just let me worship the baby. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been spending a lot of time in the Sermon on the Mount lately, and I'm trying to memorize it, and or at least as much as I can. Yeah. Before my brain starts, I did, I did that one time. Out. Memorized chapters five, six, and seven. I can't do did it you? now. Okay, there but we yeah, go. That's there like we every, go. I All right, well, that gives me now. hope. That gives but me yeah, hope. we did. Me and a buddy did it. Yeah, so I've been working on it. And this morning, I I kind of just took some more time after working on it just to like meditate on it and look closely. And um, you know, I was looking at the beatitudes, which you know that it's like this old French word beatitude yeah. for supreme happiness. And yeah. Uh, and the Latin phrase it comes from is, uh, you know, basically the, the ultimate blessedness or whatever. Hmm. And so this is like, it's basically these proverbs that Jesus, you know, kicks off this sermon with, and they're very well known to us now. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And one thing that struck me today as I was looking at it is the first beatitude blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven has the same promise as the last beatitude blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and it's a it's a possessive now promise Mm -hmm. theirs is the kingdom is the kingdom of heaven not the kingdom of heaven will be given to them but it is theirs but then the six other beatitudes in between them are all future tense. Blessed are those who mourn, yeah. they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who, uh, you know, hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. That's right. And, you know, I, I, was, I just spent some time like journaling and thinking this morning about how when we stand in God's promise, it's, it's less like standing in like a pond and more like a river because, you know, it's, you can be very much in the promise of God. And yet, um, you know, there's a long way ahead of you that you don't yet see. 
And so the Christian life is all about clinging to the now of the promise and, and pushing on towards the not yet. And, and it, it's a life of waiting on the Lord. And so, sorry, that was kind of like a long wraparound, but that, that brings us back here to Simeon and to Anna. And they are just portraits of, of faithfulness in a largely unfaithful situation. You know, as the ministry of Christ begins, we, we begin to find some people who had been waiting for the Messiah, yeah. but we don't really find that many. And we mainly find people who've kind of taken ancient Israelite religion and, you know, basically added a bunch of new elements and they're kind of content with Herod. They're content with, you know, being Roman or, you know, under Rome's rule for now until they can finally revolt one day. But they're not like waiting for the Lord's Christ, as the word tells us that Simeon was. And I think that's like a great warning of, mm. you know, we are not out of the period of waiting. You know, we, we're yeah. in that place of the Beatitudes. We're in that ours is the kingdom of heaven and we've been raised with Christ. And yet we still await the final resurrection. And I don't want to take the the word of God and the law of God that I've been given now and just kind of be content with this earthly life and take the good stuff and add it in like whatever else I want, but to like wait fervently for Lord, the Lord's salvation. Amen. And I, I think, I think one of the things that you're is undergirding what you're saying here is, um, is similar to what's going on with Simeon and Anna. This is so interesting. I think, I think a lot of people expect Jesus is it's a little bit of prosperity gospel, although there's a lot of folks who would say, no, I don't, I don't subscribe to that, but I find myself a little guilty of it sometimes because my thought is Jesus is going to knock down all the problems in my life. Mm-hmm. And if you notice Simeon's prophecy, he's worshiping Jesus and being super realistic that all the problems of life don't go away in this life in Christ. And yet he's still worthy of worship. Mm-hmm. In fact, he says, man, Jesus is actually going to going to bring some problems onto some people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and hearts are going to be exposed. Thoughts are going to be exposed. Um, I mean, he says that he's a sign that's going to be opposed. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible that he is is so in tune with God, so loves God, so worships God that he's longing to see the son of God incarnate and still okay with, and this life's not going to be easy. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's what drove a lot of Jesus's followers away later on. Yeah, absolutely. They thought this guy, he can feed a whole bunch of people with like a little bit of food. He can bring back dead people. Um, He's the perfect military leader. I mean, we could beat the Romans with like 10 people if he just keeps bringing them back to life. Uh, and and we could feed them with like some sardines. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just expected Jesus is just going to make everything so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways he does. He definitely does. Mm-hmm. The peace of the Lord comes, uh, knowing that we have a, a, a high priest that can sympathize with our weaknesses and was tempted in every way like we are, but did not fall to those temptations. He definitely makes some things easier. But it's really healthy to say, man, these folks worshiped God, longed to look into Messiah's face, and then they got to, mm. and they were still okay with, and we live in a broken world for now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's so great. I just think maybe <clears throat> maybe my my thought at least after looking at this passage today is, man, do I do I long to look into Messiah's face? Yeah, is that is that what's is that what is keeping me alive? Yeah, is that what is that what's keeping me going? Yeah, because if not, I probably sold myself short. Yeah. And that is, that is repentance. You know, like it's, it's not just living a life of trying to do better and, you know, white knuckling, but it's turning and and looking to Jesus's face, Mm -hmm. you know, looking away from ourself, away from our sin, away from our inward desire to fix things Mm -hmm. and to look to Jesus, knowing that we have created the problem. We are the problem, but that he loves us, that he's come for us and so the way his you know his presence so great word from luke 2 and we're going to wrap up luke 2 tomorrow so for thomas nelson this is will carlisle we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.